Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my house. Come here. Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. lovers the sun is going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record another episode of my podcast the beautiful dead as always i'm your host lena nazari there's a, a bunch of ways to reach out to me go to lenanazari.com you can email me that's lena at lenanazari.com or find me on instagram i will post that um on the youtube you will notice if you're watching YouTube that I have the mic, I'm holding the mic, and that is because I just edited uh, the previous episode, and it was, the sound for the poor podcast listeners was just awful. So until the arm gets here, I am going to hold it right here in front of my face so that they do not have to go through that again this week because it really was bad. And you'll hear doors opening and shutting because... Hopefully they're done. Let's hope they're done. Um, it is the first episode of March. So we are going to go ahead and read the the um, tarot for this week, this week, this month, which is the hanged man upright. So this is what I'm supposed to be focusing on for March. The hanged man stands for letting go, meditation, bliss, and patience. This, gar this card has always felt very important to me. Let me tell you something. Life can be incredibly hard. And let me tell you, I am feeling that right now. Many of us believe that when life gets hard, it's because we've gone wrong, done something wrong, but sometimes life is just supposed to be hard. Because being human isn't just about feeling happy, it's about feeling everything. When I look at the hanged man, I see someone who's feeling everything. I see someone who is using pain to become. Pain moves us forward and encourages us to take action. It pushes us when we are not happy with what we have or who we are. This is why every great spiritual teacher tells us the same story about pain. Don't avoid it. You need it to push yourself forwards, to keep becoming truer, more beautiful, more passionate versions of yourself over and over again. The hanged man encourages you and me alike to focus on attaining a level of spiritual awareness and genuine inner peace. It encourages you to embrace pain and let it propel you forward. It encourages you to meditate, to read, to draw, to travel, to do the thing that makes you feel the most alive. When we find ourselves a sense of inner peace, we achieve the ability to simply be without judgment. Moments like these are awakenings. I needed to hear that because I just got another rejection for an agent. I am working on getting 
an agent for the books because I cannot keep doing this by myself. I can't keep writing the books, publishing the books, marketing the books, editing. Like It's a lot. And then, of course, the podcast, the YouTube channel, the two jobs, the two kids, the working out. I need help. <laughs> but I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in these books. I just need for someone to believe in me. So I am going to keep pushing forward. It is a tough time right now. Um, a week after this episode drops, I will be at my happy place, which is the cabin where there is no Wi-Fi, no cell phones, no nothing. So I get to just reset, which I need. And maybe I can use that time to find some inner peace and recharge my battery. But I will tell you, I'm not giving up. You know, Stephanie Meyer got 14 rejections before someone gave Twilight a chance. I don't know how, I know J.K. Rowling got a bunch. I'm sure other people have gotten rejections. So I am just going to keep pushing forward. But it is a hard time right now. I've been very transparent about that. So yeah, I just need to keep feeling that and pushing forward and using it to motivate me to not give up. I do believe that 2024 is the year where everything kind of breaks open for me. I've spent a lot of time building and now it's time to, to use that building to rise up. So, all right, my vampire tea for this episode. I went back to one of my favorites. You guys know this, Wolf's, Wolf's Bane Blend. I just love, love, love this one. So I went back to that one. It's a nice comfort tea. It's in my Code Blood mug here. And we are going to talk about the little vampire. I'm sure you guys remember this one. Um, massive spoiler alert to anyone who's not familiar with this podcast. Um, but when I summarize and then break down the vampire universe, I do ruin a lot for you. So let's do it. <clears throat> Eight-year-old Tony Thompson moves with his family from California to Scotland, which is a heck of a move, where they take up residence in a small castle while his father is employed building a golf course on the estate of Lord McAshton. In his new home, Tony starts experiencing nightmares about vampires and a mysterious comet. Things are not any better for him at school. He gets picked on by Lord McAshton's grandsons, Flint and Nigel. One night, while dressed up as a vampire, Tony is mistaken for one by the young vampire Rudolph, who is on the run from Rookery, the local vampire hunter. After realizing that Tony is not a vampire, Rudolph tries to attack him, but ultimately fails due, due, due to being weakened by Rookery. After trying to leave through flying... <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. After trying to leave by flying out the window, Rudolph falls from the sky due to his weakness. Tony helps Rudolph find a cow to feed from, and in return, Rudolph takes Tony flying. The two boys quickly become friends, and Rudolph confides to Tony that his family only drinks animal blood and wish to become human. Rudolph reveals that they are searching for a magical amulet that can be used to turn vampires into humans, as one does. But Rookery is also seeking it to use the amulet against them. When Rudolph takes Tony to the cemetery where his family lives, they are confronted by Rudolph's parents, Frederick and Frida, Rudolph's romantic sister, Anna, and rebellious teen brother, Gregory. 
Frederick doubts Tony's loyalty to his son, but when Tony helps repel an attack from Rookery, Frederick begrudgingly allows Tony to help them, but warns him not to betray him and the rest of the vampire clan. Tony and Rudolph then proceed to get revenge on Flint and Nigel. Rookery alerts Lord McAshton to the presence of vampires in the village. Lord McAshton reveals that his family has known about the existence of vampires for generations. Elizabeth, an ancestor of Lord McAshton's, was romantically involved with Rudolph's uncle Vaughn, who was the last known holder of the amulet. Both lovers were killed by the McAshtons. Learning this, Tony, Rudolph, and Anna seek out to Elizabeth's tomb, where Tony experiences a vision pointing out the location of the amulet, Tony's own bedroom. Rudolph and Tony race Rookery to the amulet, while the rest of Rudolph's family, along with Tony's parents, travel to the site of the ritual that the vampires will do in the hopes to become human. After a chase, Tony and Rudolph manage to escape with the amulet while Rookery inadvertently drives his truck over a cliff after getting entangled in a blimp. I mean, happens to the best of us, right? Tony and Rudolph succeed in bringing Frederick the amulet, but the ceremony is interrupted by Rookery, who returns riding the blimp. The vampires are unable to stand against Rookery's glowing cross, but Tony's parents defend them and defeat Rookery, pushing him off of the cliff to his apparent death. Tony completes the ceremony by wishing for the vampires to become human. Rudolph and his family disappear as the comet passes, leaving Tony and his parents alone and unsure if the ceremony succeeded. Sometime later, while visiting the village market, Tony spots Rudolph and his family, who are now human, moving into a house in the village. At first, they seem to not recognize Tony, but as Tony does the whistle to them, their memories return and the friends reunite. It's a kid's movie, everybody. It's a kid's movie. Vampiric references and crossovers. Richard Grant is in this. He plays the father. And of course, he's Dr. Seward and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Tommy Hinckley is in this. And then also an episode of Angel. And then a few of these actors would actually reprise their roles in 2017 when they did an animated version of this movie. So I know for sure that Rookery and the mother, um, the same actor and actress, do play them in the cartoon version. All right, let's break down the universe. Relationship to humans. So we know there's hunters and village people who do know about vampires, but most of the village is like blissfully ignorant. They have no idea that vampires exist. Relationship to animals. As we've talked about, the vampires do feed off of cows. Um, they can turn into bats. And something that we don't see in really anything at all other than Deadpool I can think of is a vampire cow. A vampire cows. Uh, there's multiple and they fly. Appearance. They um, look human. However, they are very pale. There's like a blue hue to the lips. I'll post a picture. It's exactly what you expect vampires to look like when you're a little kid. Their fangs are two sharp canines and it doesn't look like they're retractable. They're there all the time. Um, blood. Yes, they drink blood, but this is a kid's movie. So not only do they drink from cows, but you don't even see them like biting the cows. You see them go behind the cow and then you just hear slurping noises. <laughs> Food. We never see the vampires eat. Sunlight. Classic vampires. Again, this is like a Disney movie. It's the classic vampire tropes. These um, vampires do not go into the sunlight. They sleep in coffins or crates. 
sleep. Oh, like I just said, the vampires can sleep anywhere that keeps them from the sun. So um, at one point in time, the little boy spends the night and sleeps in a trunk at the end of the human boy's bed. Holy items. The hunter does use crosses to scare the vampires away. Again, these are very classic vampires. Rules. We don't see any mirrors, but I'm going to guess they don't cast a reflection because these are very classic old school vampires. They don't need to be invited in because Rudolph just like flies into this little boy's room. The old ones, um, like, um, you know, the inability to cross water or they have to count seeds that are dropped. Like the really old ones, I don't know about that. It's never addressed, uh, but, but um, I can only tell you what I see. <laughs> the one pertinent rule in this world is that there's this special comet of lost souls that only comes around every 300 years. And if they have the piece of this comet when it passes overhead, which is the amulet, it will, and then the light of the moon hits it, and all the vampires are turned human. The stone um, was hidden under the little boy's floorboards, which is why he was having visions of the past and knew where the stone was. Powers. They can fly. They can climb walls, shapeshift. They have a sort of mind control. They have heightened senses. Again, classic vampires. How are they made? Rudolph explains that there was a curse that created all the vampires and then the comet can cure the curse. But then we see a man who is turned by just being fed on and drained. And then of course we see all these vampire cows. So by feeding on the cows, they're turning them into vampires. So I guess just a bite, I guess is all it takes. Heartbeat or breathing. This is never addressed, but because they are classic vampires who have looked exactly the same for 300 years, I'm going to go with no heartbeat and no breathing. And at one point in time, they do um, refer to themselves as dead. How do they die? Our vampire explains that he has been nine for 300 years, so they don't age. So they are essentially immortal unless they go through this very intricate ritual to become human again. So I'm going to go with stake through the heart sunlight we're gonna stick with the classic i'm so sorry about all the noise in the background the kids just will not stop even though i told them i'm recording but i'm just gonna power through are they good or are they bad the vampires are the good guys in the story and the hunters are actually the bad guys here oh now we have a vacuum now we have a vacuum too. I'm, I'm sorry guys, but I just have to power through. I've been trying to record this for so long and I just, I have, I am so sorry. I have asked her so many times, but I just, I'm done. I just have to power through. Okay. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. Tropes I love. I love the vampire family trope. But more than that, I love when the hunters are portrayed as like bumbling idiots um, you know, they're bested by booby traps and outsmarted by kids. So think of like the robbers from home alone. And that's what the vampire hunters are in this. And I just love that trope. Tropes I hate. There it is. Hissing. We haven't seen that one in a while. But yeah, the, the classic vampire exposes their fang and, fangs and hisses trope. It's not, I mean, it's not like the best but it is a little kid's movie, so I understand, so I'm not too mad at it. I also don't like the trope of the humans 
or of the vampires being able to turn back to human. And we've talked about this. I don't like that trope. All right, let's do the ratings. How scary or evil are the vampires of The Little Vampire? Now, yes, this is a kid's movie, but let's go ahead and look at this objectively. They can turn into bats and fly. They have mind control power. They're able to create new vampires pretty easily because it's just a bite. They are bound by the sun and they do have hunters that are after them at all times. So they're having to like hide out under a cemetery. But they are the good guys, so it's not like they're wiping out villages or anything. If they wanted to, they could be some pretty solid vampires. Um, but, you know, they let this little boy just like run into their home and just trust him right away. So we're going to go with four out of ten stakes to the heart for scariness and evil for the vampire family of the little vampire. How sexy or alluring are the vampires? Obviously, there's no sex in this, okay? It is a kid's movie. There's no sex. But again, let's let's look at a couple things here. When the vampire parents meet the human parents, it is clear that the humans are enthralled, specifically the human wife for the vampire husband. They are completely enthralled. So that gives them a couple allure points there. They don't age. They appear to remain loyal to their mates. So when I get stuck, I always say, okay, are they more sexy than scary? And honestly, I mean, I think they're kind of equal here. So we're gonna go ahead and just give them also four out of 10 onks for sexiness and allure. We're gonna give them a nice little tie. It feels right. My thoughts. Wow, this, is, this might be the quickest episode we've ever had on here. This movie was kind of like a palate cleanser for me. I was thrilled to move it back up to the top. Um, you know, if you want me to cover a movie or a TV show I haven't, please let me know and I will move it right to the top. It was a great, it was a great breath of fresh air. It was wholesome. It was sweet. It's solid lore. Now, I was 20 when this came out, but I do remember thinking that it was the kind of stuff that I would have adored as a kid. If it came out in the 80s, I would have just absolutely loved this movie. The actors are very solid. The writing is perfect. It's kind of whimsical and magical, and I love that. And who doesn't love like a magical comet? If you haven't seen this in a while, or you've never seen it, or you have kids, have a movie night and watch this one. It's so stinking cute. Or watch it as an adult who needs a horror break. I mean, sometimes we all need a little horror break. I don't judge anybody when they need a little break. So pop some popcorn, get a blankie, put on the little vampire and just have like a nice, sweet, wholesome vampire night. All right, next week we are gonna do um, Johnny Depp in the 2012 movie version of Dark Shadows. I am not ready to tackle the show, but let's go ahead and do the movie. At the time of this recording, it was on Netflix and you can pay like $3 if you want to get it on Prime, if you're anti-Netflix, which is fine but we're gonna do um, Dark Shadows. I've already watched it. I've already written out my script to record. Um, this time I watched it with my 16 year old daughter. So it was like kind of fun to introduce her to it and tell her about the show that it came from. So 
if you're one of those people that likes to watch it before I review it, Dark Shadows 2019, Tim Burton. Is that right? Was it Tim Burton? Am I going to look stupid? Anywho, um, Dark Shadows. Go watch it. Come back here in a week. Uh, when that next episode drops, I will be in the cabin. So, of course, I will be recording it early. But I'm going to wait to record that until my mic arm is here so I don't have to hold the mic like I'm having to right now. But I hope this helps you podcast listeners that the sound was better because I love you and I don't want you to suffer. And I appreciate you coming week after week, especially like you solid people that are here. I cannot thank you enough. So I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.